E-Tidings Cosmos, good morning, 21st century world of worlds. This is Radio Richard Ireland, coming to you from within the soundproofless studio of life itself. Thor Mila Falcher Rotensha. I am your host, Richard McSweeney. Hear this, listener, give it here your fullness of ear. From the beginning there is breath, and upon that breath, there are words. With simultaneously seeing a very small bird and a crow flying along, I noticed that there, that there were moments when they weren't flying but gliding. And I thought that however small or great a bird be, there are moments when it can just glide, flying being just one part of the airborne experience. Perhaps our ideas are like that too, and that they have a variety of ways to experience being, as it were, airborne in the mind. Sometimes moving this way, sometimes that. Sometimes remaining still, enjoying the variety of options open to them. From yesterday, and running right through to Sunday, there is a meeting taking place in Turin of Italy, the Bilderberg Meeting. No surprise is it to me, though to many most likely it will be, nor neither a timely coincidence do I take it to be, that His Eminence Cardinal Pietro Parolin, the Vatican Secretary of State, was invited, and in attendance will be. There is more to this simplicity, believe you me. Just wait, you see, white smoke in the lone chimney. And the sage in the digital age speaks of the philosopher of old, saying, What, he asked, will this island be like in a thousand years, say, a thousand five hundred years? Will it be then as it is now, so awesomely beautiful, abounding with mighty trees and having clear fresh streams, lakes and rivers? May it be then as it is now, so awesomely beautiful? Will there be someone in, say, the twenty-first century, who will know that I ever lived, who will know of how I looked at life. Will there be such a person of like-mindedness who will take up my views and carry them further on into the future? How can I know for sure today that I will be known in the distant future? I can't. Howsoever, this is the given so. May it be so that somehow I am known. For future generations should be aware that back in a near faraway day of human existence there lived such a person as me on this sacred isle who delighted in thinking about life in the way that I do. And in saying this do I too, do I have too the great wish that everyone and their thoughts should in some way be known to all future generations. It is not right human to abandon and forget anyone and their thoughts. For look, see, and know that the memories of the mountains are kept safer in mountains, of the trees and trees, and of the waters and waters. Even the memories of the wind are sheltered within breezes, gales, and storms. In today's broadcast, I'll be reading from As You Like It, Tao Dai Jing, and the true classic of Southern Taoist fragrance. 
This is a reading in continuity from As You Like It. Oh, excellent young man, if I had a thunderbolt in mine eye, I can tell who should down. No more, no more. Yes, I beseech your grace, I am not yet well breathed. How dost thou, Charles? He cannot speak, my lord. Uh, bear him away. What is thy name, young man? Orlando, my liege, the youngest son of Sir Roland de Bois. I would thou hast been son to some man else. The world has seemed thy father honourable, but I did find him still mine enemy. Thou should have been, should have better pleased me with this deed, hast thou descended from another house. But fare thee well, thou art a gallant youth, I would thou hast told me of another father. Were I my father, cause would I do this? I am more proud to be Sir Roland's son, his youngest son, and would not change that calling to be adopted heir to Frederick. My father loved Sir Roland as his soul, and all the world was my father's mind. Had I before known this young man his son, I should have given him tears unto entreaties, ere he should have thus ventured. Gentle cousin, let us go thank him and encourage him. My father's rough and envious disposition sticks me at heart. Sir, you have well deserved, if you do keep your promises and love but justly, as you have exceeded all promise, your mistress shall be happy. A gentleman, wear this for me, uh, one out of suits with fortune, that could give more, but that her hand lacks means. Shall we go, cuz? Aye, fare you well, fair gentleman. Can I not say I thank you? By better paths are all thrown down, and that which here stands up is but a quintain, a mere lifeless block. He calls us back, my pride fell with my fortunes. I'll ask him what he would. Did you call us, sir? Uh, sir, you have wrestled well and overthrown more than your enemies. Will you go, Cos? Uh, have with you, fare you well. What passion hangs these weights upon my tongue? I cannot speak to her, yet she urged conference. O oh, poor Orlando, thou art overthrown, or Charles or something weaker masters thee. Good sir, I do in friendship counsel you to leave this place. Albeit you have deserved high commendation through applause and love, yet such is now the Duke's condition that he misconstrues all that you have done. The Duke is humorous, what he is indeed. More suits you to conceive than I to speak of. I thank you, sir, and pray you, tell me this. Which of the two was daughter of the duke that here was at the wrestling? Neither his daughter, if we judge by manners. But yet indeed the lesser is his daughter, the other his daughter to the banished duke, and here detained by her usurping uncle to keep his daughter company, whose loves are dearer than the natural bond of sisters. But I can tell you that of late this duke had taken displeasure against his gentle niece, grounded upon no other argument but that the people praise her for her virtues and pity her for her good father's sake. And on my life his malice against the lady will suddenly break forth. Sir, fare you well. Hereafter it is a better world than this. I shall desire more love and knowledge of you. I rest much bounden to you. Fare you well. Thus must I, from the smoke into the smother, from tyrant duke into tyrant brother, but heavenly Rosalind.
Tao Dai Jing, Installment 19 If sanctified tenets can be renounced and craftiness given up, people will thus profit hundredfold. If worship of benevolence can be renounced and adoration of righteousness given up, people will resume filial piety and lenience. If artful contrivance and scheming for gain can be given up, there will be no thieves or robbers. These three epigrams may not be enough for guidance. I'd bid even more as. Cite the simplicity. Arms in full, plain and true. Extinguish selfish mind and eschew lust. This is an interpretation, after my own fashioning, of some lines from the true classic of Southern Taoist fragrance. Nortree star visitor spoke to me, saying, Humaculate of error, what stories, what anecdotes, what insights do you bring to this new dawn? Once a king of the Amar Landry put this question to a sage, saying, how should the true king be? What in days of old were considered to be the defining characteristics and attributes of such a king? And the sage, she would answering him, said, But already you are the very makings of a true king, your majesty. Why then do you need to be putting forth such a question? There are times when I feel that I am yet very far from being so. Nature interweaves and sustains all things. Itself, itself does it, Your Majesty. There is nowhere where nature isn't. Nowhere where nature isn't being itself. The great kings and queens of old, removed as much as possible from their thoughts, their intentions, silences, words and actions, all they considered to be contrary to nature. Thinking and without themselves interfering with their own thoughts, they considered the most natural way to be. This they would call true thinking, for it was the best way they knew how to let nature think its way through them. So, for me to have true thinking, it requires me not to interfere or block nature thinking through me. Is that what you mean? Yes, Your Majesty. What then of words and actions? Speaking and acting without you interfering with your own words and acts, Your Majesty, would be the most natural way to be. This you may call true speaking and acting, for it is the best way to let nature speak or act its way through you. So, for me to have true speaking and true acting, it requires me not to interfere or block nature speaking or acting through me. Is that what you mean? Yes, Your Majesty. To be loving all people and benefiting all things is to be benevolent. To be able to see wherein things that are very different from one another, a harmony, is to be great-minded. To be free from aversion of ambition, which desires one to be distinguished above others, is to be generous. Continue with doing these things as you are so admirably doing, Your Majesty, and ever true you will be both as a person and as a king. 
and the king was well pleased with her words. In a dawn reverie of this new day, meditated I on what an immortal self of mine did say, did lovingly relay way back in days of long, long, long gone by. O mortal self of mine, when with living in your own realm and time, the offspring of your ideas will be happy inheritors of the land, waters, and skyscapes of your mind. All right, I will leave it at that for today. Enjoy taking very good care of yourself and those around you. Be ever so grateful for your many blessings. And spare a thought, too, for peoples living in faraway places, in all different kinds of situations, often very difficult and not at all of their own making. You have been listening to an Irish philosopher of the natural kind bringing radio to the Internet via Radio Richard Ireland on the air globally for about 15 minutes, Monday to Friday. The script format of today's broadcast will be available at a future date on AuthenticClosetDramascripts.com. It is truly an honor to have your listening. May you be a blessing unto yourself by way of your past, by way of your present, and by way of your future. Slon, August Benoct Lett. <laughs>